It's a warm, early summer morning in Las Vegas, Nevada. The air is mildly breezy as the humidity from monsoon season begins to precipitate. The summer of 2021, I entered a portal into a vastly different life, one that I would have never imagined earlier that year. The warm summer breeze grazed my glowing brown skin as I walked out of the upperclassmen complex building. I was greeted by sprinkling rain droplets and the swaying of the trees. The contrast of the clouds in the sky was marked by the sunshine seeping through, softly kissing my face as the humidity expanded my hair onto unknown volumes. But I was up at six in the morning for a reason. I had a yoga class at the recreation center. So I took a deep inhale and started walking toward my 2012 Honda Civic. RIP memes. The short walk out from the UNLV dorms into the parking lot brought me toward an epiphany. For the last seven years, I had attended this university and this was the first semester that I was a dorming student. But yeah, back to the portal, because if changing your life around could be as easy as transporting from one parallel universe into another where you didn't make any mistakes or to a world where you didn't have to work for your goals and there wasn't any challenges or anything to achieve, then there would be no point to anything. What this portal symbolizes in actuality is the comprising of a variety of efforts, support, access to resources, knowledge, and I mean, the list can be extensive. And when you are at your lowest and you have no help, no guidance, no direction, what happens then? For me, shit started to hit the fan in 2019 because it was the first year that I had moved out on my own. I had already lived out of home for two years. I was just roomating with people. And so it was rough because I was anxious about literally waking up. It's quiet, it's nobody. I would go days without talking to people. The only interactions I would have would be at work. And it's like, <laughs> they didn't care about me there. I also didn't live in the safest area. I lived near UNLV, and if you've been down to Trop in Maryland, you know what I'm talking about. So all I was doing the summer of 2019 was going to work, going home, and then school started back up that winter, but by this point, I was just not a happy camper. I eventually started to lose sense of my own reality. Everything warped into a blur time, space, and my conceptualization of the world and my place in it. I bet you're wondering, what in the world does this have to do with Jean Munson? Well, on this episode, I want to highlight her because she was an uplifting force for me. She didn't position herself as my savior. She also didn't frame it as something she wanted to be compensated for. She was genuinely and authentically there for me. I've learned so much from Jean Munson, and I feel like I just continue to do so. And even in ways she didn't intend to. It's just always something new, fresh, spunky, and valuable when it comes to Jean. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Be. 
a podcast that ranges in topics from hip-hop to feminism to incredible Las Vegas comic artist from Guam, Jean Munson. I hope you all enjoy this episode as me and Jean have a candid conversation about life, friendship, work struggles, the challenges of neurodivergency, and more. Oh, and be prepared to hear some jokes because Jean is a funny girl, y'all. Represents change, but it also represents freedom <gasps> and adventure. B, that's the universe saying. Embrace your singlehood and lean into your independence. The Emotion. angel number. Oh, oh. To go on adventures that light you up. Okay, all positive okay. signs. Cool. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so but... no spend your money ever. So it's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, when I hung out with Trevor and we went on a walk, he was telling me how. Um, in his bank account, he always keeps a thousand dollars. That's smart. At all times, yeah. And whatever he'll like spend, he'll go out, he'll enjoy his life. But like, um, first he'll make sure that everything else is paid. Yeah. And he'll pay off his credit cards all the way at the end. Yeah. So whatever he has left over, that's like fun money to spend. I don't know. Point is, he does, he has a cushion. Yeah, always. he has a yeah. cushion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my what I'm gonna start doing is I'm gonna like start it off from the beginning. And what the from the beginning? No, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, the Bible, bro? Like, what are you? I'm gonna do that, but like with five hundred. <laughs> oh yes, I'm the same way. I'm I'm, I'm only at five hundred. That's my cutoff point, and then I don't dip in that. Oh, I was nice. like thousand, bro. What are you What are you doing for a living? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's really smart. Five hundred is smart. Yeah, yeah five hundred is good, right? I feel like because that's I can't, doable. I can't meet where Trevor's at because yeah, you know Trevor's been doing this. We we be overdraft now. <laughs> You're like, what happened? I don't know what I just do. <laughs> Literally, dude. I, you know what I always think about when I um like randomly like how when we had talked about how we're aging. You remember when we were like, we're aging. <laughs> <laughs> that nah. was so funny. If I were like a fly on the wall from when we. <laughs> would have our conversations, I would be an entertained fly. Like, man, these people would be really funny out here. This is true. Like, if only you guys could tune in on our actual candid conversations that we have on a weekly basis. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be an entertained fly as well. After this, me and Jean started discussing how toxic behavior is normalized in our cultures. Like, right. I'm like, bro, I'm not an idiot. Those are real microaggressions. Like, sometimes when people, when we were introduced to the term, it was like, oh, only like either white people do this or people from other cultures and stuff. But like, it's normalized in both our cultures to be like, and if you challenge it or if you recognize it, it's like, oh, you're being soft. It's like, wait a minute, but you're really being mean right now. Like, a real, real mean. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, she masks it as, yeah. like, strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's how they define it. But it's like, if you tear apart the layers, it's just like, you really are just continuing to position 
me as inferior yeah exactly <clears throat> wow thank you for letting me give you this like 10 minute update Yay. on like the most important like milestones in my life so far i am happier get in the bag <laughs> yeah dude okay last update before we get started on the podcast see do you hear my like podcast voice coming in <laughs> lego is this npr <laughs> that awkward moment the podcast episode started eight minutes and 19 seconds ago yeah right there's so much shit happening at the office the work is incredibly sophisticated gene that's why all all week i've been like so like i was telling orlando like my input level has been like overloaded right so like i was talking to christiane and she's like i, I can't tell if you're high or if you're upset <laughs> and i'm like but that's not it it's mm -hmm. like the fact that i'm just so much information coming inside mm -hmm. Like the fact that it's Jean Munson's podcast episode and I'm telling her about my life. Like, what? Who signed up for this? Who is making these podcast episodes? Oh, yeah, it's me. Like, look over some things because it's like so much to remember. Right. I Like, I wonder if. <laughs> permission to speak? Okay, so I wonder if, like, knowing the best way of absorbing or downloading the note process helps like do you need to also be writing it while you're listening do you need to be typing it while you're listening or like <clears throat> like if there's a way like one pop or like one second i just need to grab something to take these notes so it's easy for you to review it because what i'm learning now as i'm on my own neurodivergent journey is that um being neurodivergent with whatever either of us have gives us a lot gives us a learning disability to a point, right? Like we can be on and then suddenly, I don't know, like it can just like get lost in the mix, not because we don't care, mm -hmm. but because either we're like taking a pause, like, whoa, this was a lot. I wasn't prepared for the speed mm -hmm. or to be like, holy shit, I'm holding 20 things right now. Cause also when Koi was like, asked, he was like trying to talk to me while I was sending an email. And I was like, I literally said to him, I'm holding too many balls for just this minute. Like, can I get another minute to just, just need it, you know? And it's hard because sometimes I'm also reading this manga about like this woman with ADHD and she was saying like, people constantly think I'm dumb and I began to believe it, but it's only because I process just a different tempo than everyone else. But it doesn't mean you're not trying or that you won't get it. It's just um, like you, you already tell bodily, you're like, oh, like this was a lot. And that's why even when I spoke to C on this weekend, like, oh, are you going to see Brendan? She's like, oh, I, we are. But like once she gets through this, you know, or whatever you have articulated. So you are at least cognizant of like, okay, this is my battery lifetime. This is These are recharge times. Like I can't be everywhere at once over the weekend or this certain part of the day because I need to just like come back into me. So, yeah, I think you're doing okay. <sighs> wow. Yeah, that's. That's literally so true, what you just said. It's an adjustment period, yeah. and you know it. And then you'll get your groove, but it is a new job. Yeah, it's. I think it's really great that you brought that up because I think that's happened to me where I feel like, oh my God, why am I learning so slowly? But really, it's because that's just... That's just how it takes me, and I can do things to better it. Yeah. Like, not going out. Like, Tati, she had invited me to a party last night. I didn't go. What did I do? I ate. I ate a lot. Yeah. And then I went to bed, and then I woke up at, like, 10, and I went... Because I, I fell asleep, like, at 8, and then I 
woke up at like 10 grabbed some water and then went back to sleep woke up today at nine like i needed yeah. that so badly and that's what because what i initially wanted to do was i wanted to have this draft ready by today mm-hmm. but because the entire week has been me like trying to um pay attention at every and like the way that i've been socializing sometimes is like i'll be on instagram i'll just be scrolling or Mm -hmm. looking or like poking through people's like profiles Mm -hmm. or seeing what people are up to or like just posting myself or like whatever and it's like that's my way to stay connected Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like it absorbs my energy yeah that also i think you had two instances where you got to reset your battery life you're like eating helps me get this i think what i'm learning is like sleep sleep health is helping you financial health and wealth that is helping you Mm -hmm. like just you're maximizing the brenda that you need to be because those three factors sleeping this job and eating yeah because then you're able to be there fully for everyone instead of like half-ass right like and because i have context for your neurodivergence like i'm not going to shit on you not being done because i'm like I also experienced too, like, I can't make a certain deadline because I, like, hit a wall. Like, I was like, oh, I'll spend this much time every night. And I can feel my body be like, you're hitting a wall. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to shut it. But the next day, I'm like, oh, I can knock out two, three because I was like, I'm not using an empty tank. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jean. <laughs> you does this. <laughs> So, okay, tell me about how you're feeling. Today. Yeah, today. (sighs) What a heavy question. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually really good right now. I wasn't good a few hours ago, but I think relationships like ours remind me that, um, there's joy to be manifested in different pockets of my life. And then not every day I'm going to win but at the same time, my perception in distinguishing, like, there is still good, I'm still good, um, forces me to just keep moving forward. Even if I wish everybody like you or even Orlando or whoever I've met today is like, I wish that everyone had the exact same joy point as me. And like, that's not, that's not appropriate either, because it's like, Everyone gets to react to things the way they would. Mm-hmm. So um, I choose right now in the space of you and me, joy. Okay, can we just take this moment to really allow Jean's words to sink in? Have you guys seen that meme? It's like a door and then it's open and then there's like a sink on the other side and it's like... Just let that sink in. Go ahead. Let the sink in. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just so grateful to have you in my same space. Like you're literally in my room right now. Yeah. That's cool. Um, wow, you said a lot of things just now. But can you tell me like how you're feeling about your upcoming project so about stretch marks i feel um 
kind of torn up about it, right? Because basically when I show people the book and I'm in my underwear, I forget that like, I'm in my underwear, you know? Like um, my students, there were like three struggling students who always kind of straggle and I'm like, hey, you guys wanna see my book? <laughs> and I forgot like, cause I'm so desensitized to the message of body positivity and sharing that, then I was like, okay, I know this is me in my underwear, but like, for <laughs> real, this is not inappropriate because it's cartoony, right? <laughs> um, but I I was feeling really torn up about it because it's it shows not very bright moments for like friends and family I've encountered in these <clears throat> bodily microaggressions that I've experienced over time that re really impacted my mind and perception to extremes of self-harm and like no value. And so I... I think it's like really standing naked in front of the world and being okay with it because it's almost like, I hate to say this because I'm really trying to get over my savior complex. It's almost my own crucifixion story, right? Because it's like, yes, when we think about the crucifixion, it's like this huge disservice to a, a man, whether he's a God or not. And for me, it's just like, basically, there's a lot of these huge disservices to me from people who may or may not be bad people, but it really took a toll on my mental health my physical well-being um, and my perception of life in general, of purpose. And so um, I really think that I have mixed feelings because it's showing pain, but at the same time, I have good mixed feelings that there's a good outcome beyond me, beyond the vision of really saving people and their bodies. So how how long have you been working on this piece for? Yeah, I've been officially working on it since 2017. Mm -hmm. I drafted it. It was in it was basically arranged by psychological impact mm -hmm. and I went through a lot of edits. Um the first peer editing group I showed it to, it really pissed some people off because this was in a life before trigger warnings. And so um yeah, this like 2018 was like the like kind of women's movement and so trigger warnings wasn't a popular term or concept and it triggered people there um again it was without intention to do so but I didn't know the power of my own story and so um there was somebody who defended me and he was like if Jean's story made you feel this way then it's doing its job and so um I actually kept in touch with the person I triggered and she helped me rearrange it in a way that is still um in all ages um, book piece, but also in a way that reduces harm. You know, I don't want readers to walk away and be like, wow, I feel worse about my body. It's designed in a way where it's like, I get to reclaim it. I get to talk about it and I get to hold the people accountable for hurting me. Mm. So what were some of, well, if, if you'd like to share, what were some of those modifications that they had suggested? Right. So um, I think that some of the modifications that they suggested was the way that I depicted stretch marks, right? They're like, you can't really show this all the time in underwear and whatnot. Um, so I was like, do I do, do I or do not show that? But I also, that critique was made in context to being in a world where we don't show those things, where those things are Photoshopped, right? And so um, when we think about Instagram or any internet media right now or even like for Lizzo and whatnot those things are shown on skin they've at least kind of trickled into depictions um, illustration or even photo photography so I feel like I'm a I'm a, a patch in the quilt of that larger narrative so where it's a little bit permissible um, but yeah I I feel like it's going to be overall okay
Nice. Or what I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, what... It, it's like, um... It's like a compilation of different bits, right? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the structure? Yeah, so now it's a re- rearranged by chronological order of um, by age. So it's from me as a small kid to right now, like I guess one or two years ago. Because initially when I wrote it in 2017, there was no ending. It was kind of like, whatever, I'm just dancing in the street, like, you know, trying to be like that. And I was like, that's not really an ending. Like, people need to see one more substantial thing that I had not lived yet until... 2018 2019 um that wrapped up the whole story and so um projects be like that creative projects be like that you know that's why when I was talking to you about stand-up like it doesn't mean the passion dies it just doesn't mean you're in the divine timing of it to be it's real fruit you know so mm. well we're getting real biblical here <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. in the beginning yeah. and with the real fruit wow. what are you prophets <laughs> out here <laughs> wow i'm loving the allegories <laughs> i mean it was just easter <laughs> yeah is this rhetoric <laughs> okay this joke is particularly funny to me because i studied calm and rhetoric is a big part of communication studies so woo woo, go gene go gene gene with the puns be like Classic Gina Brenda. If we ever had a podcast, it'd be like deers in the headlight. It'd just be like deers us like. Just blank. Yeah, just blank. A blank podcast or a blank is blank blank. Oh my god. Our only demographic would be Carol. She'd be like, Carol! Shout out to Carol! She'd be like, these two. <laughs> Wait, can I show you? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> can I show you this um picture I posted on my Instagram really okay. quick? I saw it this morning and I reposted. It was right after posting this. Isn't <gasps> this cute? I love that. Me too. It was really. It's like our land is not ours. It's mm. borrowed from our children. I was like, whoa, yeah. whoa okay, we are not ready for this. Yeah, it was really good. I had to repost, Indeed. but so I posted this right. Yeah. And Christiane said, um, that's us and that's Carol. <laughs> it is. Well, like, Christiane, I'm like, would Christiane be that one? I don't know. Anyway, I just thought it was funny yeah, because really... I'm like, bro, really? Could you imagine, yeah. like... Carol be wearing a coat like that. Shout out to Carol. Dude, <laughs> right? Like, this picture makes me, like, think about how, what, what point humans can get if you have, like, a certain amount of wealth, you know? Like, you can make yourself look like this aesthetically. Okay, I have something to say about this. For mm-hmm. my pyramid schemes, um, they, one of them said, and it's kind of offensive, but it's also a reality of what you're saying. It says, there's no such thing as ugly people if you can afford to look the way you want. And it's like, damn, like, you're just basically curating yourself in real life Photoshop. Yeah whatever man i'm I'm gonna use my money on food bitch (laughs) y'all be real hungry that's why you have to yeah yeah that's interesting and they're like so like popular they are popular because we want we want everyone to be our barbie or brat doll you know yeah and we aren't like that because i this is this is my theory about beauty standards and altering a beauty you ever look at like old Filipino aunties and Mexican aunties and you know they drew on a crooked eyebrow and shit <laughs> yeah. 
or their lipstick don't stay and i was like dude that's like every girl right now who just be laying on this mac forever mm. like at some point you can't afford it. you got to go to maybelline at the drugstore you know what i mean like and it's just like at some point you'll be like i really wish i hadn't started this you know oh. or this cost yeah oh eee, more Whoa. more <laughs> more tidbits for me more hot takes for me whoa yeah Yeah. you know who i learned that from i learned that from claudia our favorite admin (laughs) because she came in she came in to my office and she's like jean i really regret having to wear makeup every day and i was like your face look cute girl what you talking about she's like this is makeup and i was like okay even if you didn't you're still cute girl i mean i liked i liked every person who backstabbed me you know what i mean i don't come in be like they really on me you know but for claudia like She's like, no, I have these scarring, right, from the makeup. And she just like, had I been like you and I didn't wear it, then I would still have good skin. And I was like, I didn't under I don't understand the the deepness of makeup culture. But in that moment, I was like, okay, what do I actually spend my money on that it isn't makeup and stuff? And like honestly, I've maximized profits because I spend less on vanity. And I may not be a Kardashian. But I think most people think I'm a decent human being. <laughs> this is a fact. Over. <laughs> yeah, wow. Wow, that's... Um... Thanks, Claudia, for your inspo, even though you really hate my makeup. <laughs> Dang. Imagine she I listens know. to this. She'd be like, I still hate both of them. Yeah, whoa. Yeah, you know who told me that too? Brian J. Jack. I mean, look at Carol. She never wore makeup. Yeah. And she looked young. Yeah. Shout out to Carol. <laughs> <laughs> These are, this, that's scientific evidence, okay? We yeah. got Carol. We got other people without it. So, which is a great message of this overall conversation, right? It's just like, honestly, the fact that you aren't really altering yourself right now at yeah. our prime cute age, like you might be a banging hot lady, old yeah. lady. Right. And that's a great place to be. Right. And also, like, it's just, we we have so much pressure to look a certain type mm-hmm. of way that we f- literally forget that we have souls and we have things that we actually rather spend time experiencing yeah. and doing and, fe- and feeling and being fulfilled by. Yeah. And, like, I think that's what's really great about your, um, about stretch marks because it's reminding us that, like, you know, we're all... Like, there's something that we might not feel comfortable about ourselves Mm -hmm. because of the way we've been. Right. Like, conditioned to. And, um, yeah. And I think it's, like, I see it all the time, too. It's, like... I mean, you lived in it. You lived in it, right? With When we think of the strip, we think of beauty culture. And you have to uphold those standards to be employed. And if even if you still have your job there's still a air of sense of shame if you don't, if yeah. you're not polished to the nines. Yeah, dude, that's why I feel like I didn't fit in working there. Because it's not your core value. Yeah, and at one point, like, I wanted to, like, get my boobs done. But it's like, okay, when you had that thought, at that moment, didn't it feel, like, doable and practical and the right thing? Yes. Because it's like a hive mind of brainwash, right? Like, if I was hanging at the Kardashians... Shit, my, my tits would be fixed, too. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. yeah, you guys right. Like, I really do believe in that thing. I hear it all the time. You are the five people you hang out with, you know? Yeah. Um, like, for example, I was in a meeting with Carol, and I finished a sentence for her. 
And she's like, oh, thanks. You know, I needed that. And I was like, I went back to my office. Like, how did I fucking know that? And it's because it's the five people I hang out with the most, you know? That's why we're able to laugh and have a good lunch because it's like, we have the same, not same core values, but it's like, I see you and you see me and that's like consensual. Right. It's so true. And it's like, that's why I like to be surrounded by people who are like positively influencing me because I'm so easily influenced dude me too like I didn't even realize I was hanging out with like not very good people because when you operate from a core center of being like hey everybody like I'm down with everybody everybody cool but like some people love to be vampires about that they're like ooh ooh a nice person and then they really be like we be hanging out with people in places we didn't even want to be in and we're like wait how did I fucking get here and why am I really sad and miserable but like it's cool but everybody liked me though so I think I like being here. Like, I feel like I have a lot of those conversations prior to the pandemic where I had to be like, oh, I actually have to face me. Because, like, prior to that, I was like, I said yes to shit I didn't want to go to. I, like, hung out with people who haphazardly insulted me all the time. You know what I mean? I was like, it's cool, though. Like, ha, ha, this is, this is fine, right? Like, really, like, that dog near the dumpster fire house. Like, it's cool, right? It's fine. Um, but, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about the cartoon? Yeah, that cartoon Where dog. He's, ta- he's like sitting at the table with his little hat. Yeah. And like there's fire flames all over around him. Yeah. Like, that's like, that's like the Mona Lisa of its day. Like it is like <laughs> such a capture. Like I don't even know who the artist is for that, but I'm like, every time I think of that, I'm like, yeah, that's actually a mood. Yeah. And I mean, you do so much, Jean. It's like, like I feel like you've literally massaged that into yourself and it's taken work that that's why Mm -hmm. earlier when you were talking about how you got upset you know with your family Mm -hmm. and then you reminded yourself like you've put in work to get to where you're at and it's Mm -hmm. true like getting these skill sets getting this like giving yourself and carving out time to work on a creative project in addition to doing the things that you need to do to be healthy Mm -hmm. to be financially set to be secure to be able to like break away and create your own life mm-hmm. like you have to really balance a lot of things yeah and i remember you know in new leadership we're always told by dr Pollen's balance is bullshit and like sometimes i prescribe to that and sometimes i don't because i'll say why i prescribe to it because like honestly it's expected of us as women which i agree with but i also think yeah there is there can be balance and it means just cutting it off like you know what I mean it's like oh honestly it doesn't serve me to be liked by everyone it doesn't serve me to be doing everything it doesn't serve me where everyone romanticizes this version of me like like what does balance look like balance looks like hey my blood pressure is low hey I had enough sleep today hey I spent time with the ones I love like I used to think like I equity is everyone having access to me and all the privilege I have accumulated I was wrong. I mean, yes, it's kind of taught to us, like, as somebody privileged, you have the power to redistribute power. But honestly, the component that that is kind of faulty is that people still abuse that, abuse people with privilege as well. Like, um, yeah, we, you know, there's tons of (laughs) shady nonprofits and shit, you know what I mean? And so if I look at myself as like a nonprofit in quotations, in an allegorical sense, it's like, yeah, people be collecting shit from me that doesn't actually belong to them or deserve 
or, you know, so I was like, I am in constant redefinition of what equity looks like in my life, which is hard because, you know, I wish everyone had what I have. Yeah. Yeah, that really struck a chord with me earlier when you had said that you you want people to have that because it's like, you know, it's a great feeling and you want them to experience something that's positive, mm -hmm. but it's not something that you can force upon somebody yeah yeah which is huge it's huge it's hard not to because sometimes when you see someone immediately suffering you're like here here like have what I have right and it's just like no like in order for people to really come into healing and like loving themselves it's their own terms and they may choose to suffer for a decade before finding it oh my god literally yeah <laughs> Lee. <laughs> I mean, yes, uh, people really do choose to suffer, Jean. Okay, yes, they really do choose to suffer. Like, okay, backstory. So remember I was telling you about Dan who showed up in my LinkedIn or whatever? Oh, yeah, super creepy. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> wow, are they linked to <laughs> Wow. Like, if there was a, like, physical devil would be like, ooh, I'm stirring the shit, stirring the shit. Um, so, wow, how funny. Um, yeah, make sure it's, re oh yeah, it's still recording. We're good. Yeah, so, uh, like, probably two days ago, he showed up, you know, on LinkedIn, somebody can, it can show they're looking at your profile. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why is he peeping up again? And I realized, um, this, this is a great, exes are a great way to explain um, people deserving of your energy and the way that we match them and the way that they choose to suffer there are people, for example, exes, we love people even for flaws. And they, same way, right? Um, and there is this huge and beautiful possibility to become better people and to have a shared happiness. But um, what happens is that at some point, people like to play games in order to feel firmed and loving, that they actually, it transforms into abuse. And you don't under, you don't realize it because on the other end, you think, oh, aren't we still loving each other? And so, yes, these ties break, right? But there's always a small lingering of like, if, if things are not resolved, right? There may be a small lingering on either party or single party to be like, what are they doing? And they check in on us because they're reaffirming, trying to capture happiness that they did not want to take ownership for, be accountable to, and also celebrate a next level together so like that's why i'm like damn like dan still be looking at my stuff but it's on him in that suffering in that choosing um because i think about any ex right like you were number one for x amount of years and it's fallen out and for you to still guess it's like that was a choice you made to be unhappy when you literally have memories of a great time and um, so that's a, that's like a huge choice on happiness. And I think that's a great example, um, even for bodily stuff. It's like, how long will I be complicit in believing that I am this ugly and I'm this terrible and that I need to do more and more and more to curate myself for who? Because at the end of the day, it's like, you're the one with an uneven tip because like somebody made this. They didn't pay for your boob job. They don't pay for your fake teeth and stuff. You know what I mean? Like... Granted, anyone can do anything with their money, but at some point it's just like your body naturally responds to the shit that you add to it. So like, I mean, I feel like I have this good agreement with my body to be like, we are what we are made, you know? So this is it, y'all. <laughs>
We in this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's just such a... Like... From someone who started from the bottom... No, I'm here. No, <laughs> no seriously. Like... Because I've been at that place where, like... I've chosen to suffer, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't view it as such at the time. Mm-hmm. You know? It was just like... I was getting banged up by life. But, I mean... You can get banged up by life... And then realize it... And then, you know make the small efforts necessary to um take as much control as you can mm-hmm. and then you and then no longer allow yourself to be banged up by life yeah. because life will happen at any way so it's like choose to choose joy choose joy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. i you know in some meta if they, if our creepers were more creepy and listening to this <laughs> they they know we right though, you know? Like one, why would anyone still be looking for us if they didn't choose us? Um, so yeah, I guess I bring up Dan because he, along with another guy, Matt, whatever their name is, or if they are, hi, um, is that those were primary people that I met at a fruitful age. I didn't quite understand my body, but really distinguish how fat I was in a way Every time I express, like, I actually like you. I actually love you. And it's just like, you're too fat, right? You're too fat, you're too fat, too fat. And I was like, damn, like, I am. And at the same time, like, damn, like, every every other characteristic in my life didn't equate into a value and stuff. So I then chose to suffer by staying in a relationship or even access to conversation with people who love to see me squirm. Yeah, and that access to conversation is everything. It's everything. Because it's just like, even if it's just a joke or even if it's just a hello, how are you? Um, it's really a surveillance system set up for them to keep tabs on us. And so it, if the barometer shows that we're happy and moving on, they find a way to drag us back in like rugs. And so um, you don't actually... When you're in it, especially if you have low self-esteem, especially as a woman, um, you're like, oh, but they're just being friends. We're just being friends. But it's not friendship. A, any, a woman's friendship wouldn't have equivocated to that. But it's like, there is always a small part of you that loves them. And it's not bad. But at the same time, it's like, when it starts physically hurting you or physical distress, um, it's time to reevaluate if that's worth suffering for. Yeah. yeah, which always leads back to the body, right? Like, if you don't love yourself, as cheesy as it sounds, it's easy for people to find vampire ways to suck you back. Yeah, and that goes for family and friends and employers, like, um, because you know they shall not be named or whatever. But um, <laughs> I have had several coworkers um, that I see myself in where they give their whole bodies, they give their weekends, they give their nights, they, you know, they're to a point where it's like, I'm eating shittily to get through the work day um, because I need somebody to affirm this body that it's of worth. And I don't care how great your job is, like you do not wake up and breathe and be an email inbox. You're a person who gets to find joy in something outside of clocking in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we make enough time for those things. No. Because, like, you know, everybody, the popularity is you got to secure the bag. You got to be financially savvy and you can. And what do people, what do people need all that wealth for? 
One, to feel relaxed, to feel happiness, um, access to travel, to find, they're searching for joy. And it's really like if you were working on joy daily, you would never really need to chase time off. Chase time off? Yeah, like chase like vacation time, right? Because oh. you're like, okay, if I just work this amount of time, then then I'll find happiness and joy when I'm in Hawaii. And it's like, no, that like you'll still be the same tired person right? in a different atmosphere. Dude, totally. I kid you not. Like that is so popular in like with the industry people, at least at the win. Like yeah. everyone wants to like go travel and they do. They end up going. And like, I guess, I don't know. I see it in like in a couple parallels. Like I see it with like the wind cocktail servers, but I also see it with like the Schleemans. Like that's just a lifestyle that they have. But I feel like these industry people they try to imitate that lifestyle but it's like that lifestyle i know the schleemans worked really hard mm-hmm. like to get to where they're at and, you know because yeah. like if you look at how far they came from their upbringings because they lived in um the middle east mm-hmm. it's like unusual it's like weird like that i'm bringing up the schleemans but they were really impactful in my life i think that's why and i feel like they're in a different class too so it's interesting to see like how they function and how they you know move because it's like you got people apply like applying that mindset to their lives of like chase the bag like that grind culture Mm -hmm. just to go on like a week two week vacation somewhere and then be back to where they're at instead of like finding joy in the little moments like me i have never like took space or time or resources aside to go travel but it's like not because it's something that i want to do and i haven't done it's just simply something i haven't thought of wanting to do you know and it's like um but i i really respect it when it's done kind of like how sion did it and like how there's this kid he's not a kid there's this um one of my um old friends from like literally middle school when i used to stay on the east side Mm -hmm. Um, I just found him on Instagram recently, uh, his name is Fernando, and he is out in, like, Europe right now, doing something similar to what Sian did, I mean, I don't know if he's, I think he took a break from college, I don't know, point is, like, they are, like, going on a serious, like, adventure, right, it's not, it's not not vacation, no, they're not, they're, like, actually learning about the environment, the culture, the people, and that's, like, a beautiful way of live, not, not a beautiful way of living, it's not a vacation, it's actually, like, redirecting your life outside of your environment for a way that is healthier for you instead of like hey yeah i'm at the nicest whatever hotel you know this and that i'm eating this type of food or something yeah exactly it seems invigorating it doesn't seem like they're just like at a resort just being like um instagram right they do it to be interesting than rather than doing it for growth yeah there's a difference yeah they're doing it for the gram yeah which, so cringe. Uh, it is. How do you, like, how has it been for you, like, marketing yourself on Instagram? Yeah, you know, okay, I will say for the record, right? So, like, our generation constantly talks about personal branding, personal branding, and, yeah, that's kind of a thing now and whatnot, which is so strange because I didn't, it's not something I did, but Amy A, you asked, used me, used my Facebook profile at the time, I was even on Instagram, um, as a, fa- like, about personal branding, and, um, I can't believe like their master classes, master classes on how to be your authentic self. Like, have we really gone that far to not just show up as ourselves? Like, 
So I remember we had conversations this summer like, Gene, should I have an account for my meme thing and whatnot? And it was like, I would go home and be like, two accounts? Like, you know what I mean? But I get it because um, our generation is changing in a way where it's like, you have to have something like kind of portfolio-esque. Um, I will say I haven't really actually abided by that. And sometimes I really struggle in managing other social media accounts. Like I remember I used to manage our new leadership one, Bruja Baddies. And if you see it, like there's huge chunks of time where I don't even post because it's like at some point posting is taking up too much of my life where I'm like, it's tiring me out. Like, you know, in terms of tracking or even relating. So I think in the way that I'm marketing myself is, um, being able to not always, one, not always be on, but two, having something substantial to say really about my life, you know? Um, because I will say, and I know that haters still follow me and- Haters gonna hate. They're really gonna hate. And I know that a lot of people are excited at the possibility of me failing or stumbling, right? They wanna see somebody because it affirms their, their type of sadness. And that's okay because, yeah, if I was around, someone like me would be fucking sad too. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just think, yeah, there is an amount of people who would like to see me fail. Um, and I'm acutely <laughs> aware of that. Um, so I think in the way that I market or even let the world know about me is just like, I'm flawed and I like it. And um, it's not in a pitiful way. It's just like, yeah, one of the most powerful posts I made in the recent weeks was like, I'm not everyone's therapist. And I didn't realize the amount of people who resonate with that because that's really a hard boundary post, but it was beautiful because people really were thankful that I articulated something that sat on their heart for a long time. And I was just like, okay, um, I can say truth bombs. Or even when I asked about a laptop, I was like, Facebook, be gentle with me because I'm acutely aware of mob mentality that exists and ready to tear and bully and escalate things. And I don't believe that I cannot not shape the internet. I think that something as powerful as me can make people rethink, um, reevaluate, step two steps back just to be like, whoa, she spoke something of truth that defines something that wasn't viral. That's a real person talking to me. And I think there's a lot of power that I hold in that, like, you know, so, I don't think, I always approach not being a troll. I always approach conversations and posts with grace to myself and the person reading it. Cause I know they'd be watching. Yeah. Not, yeah. That's a really great method. It really is. It's, it's a lot of work. It tires me. It makes me sad. It does. Yeah. Physically I'm like, like that was a lot. Mm. Um, but you know, it stands in my truth instead of being part of the echo chamber. So are you planning on continuing this? The series? Like, yeah. You know what? That's a very good question. I didn't think about that. Um, I think if there is a need, like if, there, if, if conversations get exponentially larger because of it, yes, by all means, I would continue it. But honestly, I would love to see other folks make books similar in a similar vein. I'd love to see a movement on it. Uh, maybe not comic books, picture books or whatever. I know I'm not the first, again, um, I this is why I say yes if the opportunity presented itself, but two I would be okay if other people built the another patch for the quilt in the larger conversation. Mm. So what are you up to now? What I'm up to now, um, besides coloring and whatnot, I will be heading into grad school for school counseling. 
insert yeah. a round of applause right. here. Um, and I would love to say thank you for that, right? Because I think, one, I really love that you always ask permission. Two, you always had a context for when things were heavy for me before we perhaps knew I was neurodivergent or whatnot in terms of emotionally dysregulating, right? So you knew if you laid something sad in me that it could linger and you were very aware and I'm thankful for that. But also you taught me really how to speak to people in a way that wasn't about trauma bonding. I think that our relationship reaffirmed that you could have a healthy friendship without trauma bonding. Like we could talk about joy and we could talk about sad shit, but it was like merely the experience of with in which you were speaking instead of being like, here's advice, here's advice, I know better, you know better. You know what I mean? It's just like, really, I'm just here to listen. And so like, I was like, it wasn't like, so the, prior to the person who helping you, which is Anna, right? She would say, I'll do this or you do that, you do this, right? And I was like, how, I saw her in the way that she treated, she was like, how does someone speak differently? Because I actually operate in the same wavelength as Anna. Like, how do I help? How do I find you something? And I was like, okay, it really forced me in our bur burgeoning friendship to be like, how do I really talk to Brenda? Where she's not living and breathing jeans she can stand. And I was like, when you would come to me, I was like, all right, what are you gonna do to get out of this? What are you, what are, what's the next step? How are you gonna take care of yourself? And it was always back in your orbit of like, this is Brenda's reality and she gets to shape it. It's not like run to me every time. And so it has only been better for us as two mature people finding our way in this world. And so like, I am grateful because you taught me that I'm not too soft or too tender to get into school counseling. You taught me, <laughs> you taught me like, damn, like you actually have the heart that is strong enough and soft enough to carry everyone generationally to a better place, but not in a way that's going to literally kill me. Yeah, and I think that's been like the most beneficial part of like our friendship and your mentorship because I think ultimately when you do that, when you take on the burden of the person that's like venting to you or like asking you for advice, like when you take mm -hmm. on that role, it actually harms you both. Like yeah. it harms you because you end up getting like, you know, emotionally overwhelmed and then it hurts them because now they're being enabled to not yeah. be their best selves or not to grow in a way that's like beneficial for them. Right. We learned how to not be each other's 911. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it. And you were only happy for me when it was the next step. You didn't feel like you were getting left behind or like, you were like, I'm just genuinely happy for what Jean has sectioned off. And with you and transitioning out your job, like we were like basically like, like a comedic duo at work. And yeah, it would have been sad, but I was like, no, nah, because we didn't trauma bond. I can let her go without being like, fuck, of all the other shit we could do. Because I was like, I lived fully every time we were friends or are friends yeah. yeah yeah oh my god yeah seriously yeah. i mean you saw it all yeah i didn't see it all you saw it yeah i really saw it and it's like i didn't have a moment of being judgmental about it i was like this is somebody who i will not ever fully understand but at the same time i love her i really love her and i was like i'm rooting for her and at the same time, I was just like, damn, like, this is only one stepping stone on top of what will be in 10 or so years. So yeah, I think it's just really exciting. Like, there's this vision I have of you. Not that you have to live by it, but <laughs> maybe I'm clairvoyant and a fucking psychic. <laughs> 
But I was just like, I feel like Brenda's gonna make millions of dollars. Bro, let's manifest it. I think, I really think this. I was like, Brenda's gonna come in here with fucking million dollars or more and come through the doors of Rin and be like, I got you guys. Like, I know what this did for me. Like, I really feel like this is really how I believe either donor stories or underdog stories come through is because y'all suffered too much to forget what it took to get where you are. And so that's why I'm like, and I, uh, my, my little dream is like, yeah, I'm gonna make a million dollars. I'm gonna buy us a real cart for campus, bro. And it's gonna be like minivan style. Like how the fucking, uh, <laughs> how the mail plays be like, Palindial, we go in, you know? Dude, like that's why I'm like, I don't put it past this because I love how, you know, sometimes the university be, we on the, under the radar because we're not PhDs, but I was like, you can't put a certificate or degree to the degree we lived through, right? We lived through um, traumatic family experiences. We lived through underpaid <laughs> employment. We lived through sexual harassment and shit. Like we lived through a lot, like a lot of people and stuff, but it's just like, because of new leadership and the community it brought and even the access to people with unwritten paths, it was like, if they could do it, I can. And it's not in a cheesy way. It's like literally, if you just literally repeat an affirmation, like it becomes truly your reality. Yeah. This was, you know, I can tell that Carol is one of your top five because of the eloquence. Yeah, you know what though? Because I think when I started fucking working, like I, <laughs> I forgot like how insecure I was too about framing certain. Uh, communications you know what I mean <laughs> bro I didn't know like I did not know at the time that it was kind of like over the top to be like hey friend or like hey, you know what I mean? it did get me through some doors being a real gene about it but it was like not everyone's my friend dude like yeah. what am I doing wanting to feign you my friend though <laughs> oh my gosh I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about because for me like starting at Rin one of my biggest challenges was like really simple things yeah. that I just didn't know yeah. like how to write an email even though I do remember being taught this in like first or second or third grade where it's like they teach you how to write a check they teach you how to write a letter right and then later down the road they taught you how to write an email but it's like bro I when else did I talk about this or yeah think about no this not since at all. Then? dude like I've tried to help people get clerical work on campus and I see their um, resumes or emails. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize there was a certain standard that uni at the university level, the way they craft things or the tone that they're looking for, you know? Um, so I was like, I get it. Not everyone actually knows. We didn't know. We were absorbed by the culture. And so that's, I'm like, all right. But that's where I think we will be millionaires. <laughs> we are going to be millionaires because it's like, we have lived in every state of class that it's like easy to chameleon our way and to win the hearts of people. Because like, you know, I, I really be working for $6 jobs. Like, and I fucking loved it. I love the people I met. I love all the free food I had. Like, I get it, you know, when it's hot, like this goes very fundamentally. When it's holiday season and service job is treated like shit, I know I change like even their belief in people just by recognizing like it's, it's hard, you know what? it's okay you fucked up my order you know what i mean it'd be really hard and they'd be like wow thanks for seeing me and i think wow you can't get that if you've always been at the bougie level you know what i mean you'd be stepping on people and like that's that's not really gonna get you through doors like i can't even imagine like 
I remember I was really nice to the catering person who gets shitted on all the time at UNLV. She opened doors for me. She cuts me some, you know, like some deals and shit because like, I was just like, yo, I know what you do is hard. No fake, you know what I mean? Like, I remember, and again, she'd just be like, they need to be doing this. They need to be. I'm like, oh, calm down. It's not that serious. She's like, Ugh. and I get it. She's never really worked those jobs, even though you'll booby doing it. You know what I mean? Um, and it hurt me because like you, you don't get to talk to people like that. Like, um, but that's why I'm like, people will flock to our projects, flock to your stand up, all this shit, because they're like, you know what? Brenda was always real. Jean was always real. I want to see that person win. And that's why I'm like, we can be millionaires. <laughs> they can cite this in five to 10 years, be like, wow, they really fucking knew you. They, they like the better Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk out here. <laughs> So much to learn. It is. But it's like, it's cool. It is cool. Dude, you don't be working for Google and shit. They actually have a Google here. Do you know how much the, the Google is starting? How much? It's like $30 an hour. They have, they've been sending me program coordinator to work over there. I'm like, damn it, man. Like, you know, I am loyal to Rin, but I'm like, damn, what would it be like to work at Google? Yeah. And it's down the street from my house. Oh, wow. The Google, like, it's like their own version of Switch. But I never trust a building without Windows. Mm. I'm always like, bro, what, what are you hiding? Yeah. Y'all, like... Oh, they really don't want nobody spying yeah, on Yeah, Switch is like that, too, where there's no Windows. Or even when they build new buildings throughout Las Vegas and there's no Windows, I'm like, y'all be doing some weird shit here. Yeah, that's, like, low-key kind of sus. Yeah, I want an open floor. Like, I won't be yeah. like, look at me. It's so necessary for, like, working. Yeah, just, like, you need sunlight. You need vitamin D. Yeah. Dude, but yeah, at this job, I'm trying, like, not to have... I don't have, like, breakdowns like I did at Rin as much, but, like, I literally will... Like, right now, I just freaked out for a second because I, I, I just realized I had to clock out on Friday and I didn't. Because, like, you know how they were giving me salary? Now it's going to be hourly because I guess there was an issue between HR and Nicole because, like, a JR position doesn't exist. And I knew it. Like, I told you... I don't know if I yeah. told you that. I felt like they made this job position for me. Like, it just so happens Nicole was going to hire people, but they also, like, they're hiring two project managers that are starting next Monday, and then there was me who started two weeks ago. And so then I overheard Nicole telling, like, one of, like, the more newer PMs, her name is Carissa, um, asking her, like, you know, how do you think that's enough time for, like, the new PMs to do two weeks of, like, training with, like, the PowerPoint and the reading through things? And then Carissa was like, yeah, that should be enough. And it's like, I just finished the two weeks, so I was really stressed because... Um, throughout those two weeks, I also, like, not used to, like, focusing for that long period of time, to be honest, like, mm -hmm. and it's what I've been doing for the week, like, expanding that amount that I'm, like, not on my phone or not, like, doing something, and it's been cool, it's just, like, my, like, I don't know, like, I'm, I was a little stressed, because I'm, like, damn, what if I don't know this stuff, like, fast enough, like, what am I gonna do, but it's fine, I'm just going with the flow, and, like, taking it as it comes and I noticed like that I've been trying to do that the last two weeks and it's helped because it makes me just be able to like relax and learn better when yeah. I'm relaxed because I'm just like whatever it'll be a new day tomorrow what strides in like self-compassion you know yeah because yeah. like I remember the initial job search you're like I gotta find something now you know yeah and then 
I remember like you have forgotten your resume for an interview and stuff like, mm-hmm. and then you were really hard on yourself and that Carrie interview didn't work out either. Just a lot, you know, and I you're like, you're actually in the job and you're like, okay, so it wasn't salary, it's hourly, but it's okay. I'm still getting paid. Mm-hmm. And then even now you're like, hey, you know, I'm stressed, but like, I'm getting there and I'm going to get there. And so I'm like, okay, wow. Like it is so pow- like, it just reminds me how powerful the mindset is when you say yes to yourself and you're like, hey, hey, you know, like, it's okay. Like, we gonna be okay. Um, It's so powerful, especially because we both come from families that um, really challenge the way we perceive ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, they do. You know, when I think about us, I think about like, wow, we're really like beautiful women. You know what I mean? But we come from families where it's just like, they didn't really celebrate that. And then I think about the relationships we've had with like really toxic dudes. And it's like, damn, like, would it have been different if my family was transparent about loving me? Would I have had the strength to be like, no, nah, I don't need this, you know? Like, but it's just like, we are willing to settle for um, trash behavior. I won't even say people because they are their own damaged selves for trash behavior because all we know is trash. <laughs> Oh my trash God. plus trash equals trash <laughs> <laughs> order of operations wow. dang oh my god yeah i mean you are just speaking facts right now to be honest yeah because it's that feeling of safety and comfort that we have sought out in people who have made us feel familiar to them due to their trashy behaviors because right. i'm like oh i recognize they're this. not even like traditionally handsome people like dude dan looked creepy bro bro like really like i need mean, him now <laughs> yeah dude, oh, but, God. like bigger um so you know, no no body shape um but yeah like the fact that he holds on to a photo that is probably 15 years old that photo is old yeah it's old so i think like he has men have the same body issues which brings it back to stretch marks it's it's an all ages, all demographic book because it's like we literally live in fat phobia, like subtle or not. And so for him to still be holding on to a photo or even today when I was a meeting and the person leading it, he's a dude, he felt insecure about sitting down because his button up shows his belly. And I was like, they still live with it. It's not cap. It's not in a capitalist way for them to find resolution to it or remedies, but men feel it. Um, and so... Like, that's why I can't even hold anger or hate because I'm like, you're looking for me because I was a person who was, one, you saw lesser, but two, you could control the wave of which in I reacted to you. So, because we're nice people, right? Like, not to romanticize, I would say I'm a dumb, nice person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we really are here for each other. It's like, nah, dude, you are not in it. Um, But I I don't want to blame my family, even though, yeah, they really be triggered me sometimes because I think that we have been living in a trauma like cycle that has not been defined. And like, so I'm like, yeah, sometimes we think we're behind in 2022, but we're not in a way because we get to have definitions to lead us to some types of truths about ourselves, Mm. our cultures. Mm. Where where can one seek these things out? Right. I think, honestly, that's that's a question of how privileged I am, right? Because, yeah, I had access to... If I was still working in my bakery job, 
I wouldn't have this type of terminology or even a self-actualization. So, I mean, if you have access to college, do it. If you have access to any type of learning classroom, because you're in a space of other educated folks or who are seeking education, seeking self-betterment, fine. You know, if that means a painting class at Barnes and Noble, then by all means, because you're in a space of learning, that's the only way. It does not have to be college, right? Um, yeah, it, it's great information is not going to come from your shit coworker who never shows up for their shifts and shit. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know what my mentor said to me this uh, week, uh, Gabby, she's just like, everyone will be giving you advice and seem like experts in your life, but you don't have to prescribe to what everyone says to you, even if they mean well. And I was like, damn, I get a choice and good advice. Um, so I told her we write that down, but I'm like, you know, I didn't write it down because I needed to repeat to myself that particular thing. That's really good. You know, it makes you think of 03 Greedo. Yeah. I know that's a stretch, but I'm serious. <laughs> no, tie it all together. Yeah, because, like, you know how he went through all that BS, and then it's like he's coming up, and people wanted to, like, tell him what to do. Mm-hmm. And no, yeah. yeah. It's like, bro, no. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Sometimes it also, like, <sighs> it depends on, like, the people. It really depends on the five circle, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you'd be privileged if you have ten circle, but, like, yeah, back to the answering your question, um, go to any learning space, tutoring, learning new skill, group therapy, somewhere to learn, somewhere outside of the people who you think, if, you, if you're in a physical space and you always feel stressed, sad, um, anxious, that's not the space for you. Mm. last thoughts i forget which podcast says that first last thought is that i love you oh i really love you dude like um i give my life for you i said that to somebody who don't even deserve it but like i i love you in a scale of um like an equalizing way right like i'm like when i say i love you it's because I honor everything that you've come to be at this point in this junction, right? And everything that you will be, right? For real. It's not even like gassing. Like that's like, I I don't need, I don't know if I could live what you have gone through. You know what I mean? <sighs> and then second of all, is that good people exist? Um, even if they appear or feel damaged, good people exist but they get to choose the time and place within which to lean into their good identity. Me included, right? Tomorrow could be a real butthole, you know what I mean? I ain't perfect. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And three, I think that there is no timeline for the thing you think you're born to do, whether it's make people laugh, create conversations like this that'll be survival survive through time um making that comic book that artwork like um 
sometimes the ending is not written because there's much life to live and that um, life isn't always like a classroom. There's no homework deadline. You get to choose, you get to have a choice. And so yeah, um, don't ever give up on the dream because um, when the people you're supposed to help or the vision that is coming to you comes, um, you'll know it's time for sure, which is how I feel about the book. Oh, snaps. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> I literally had to throw that in there. Wow, Jean, thank you for um, blessing this audio. <laughs> we real biblical out here. <laughs> oh, snaps, you're right. That was the third biblical Orlando's reference. Orlando's like, these... <laughs> These folks think they real wise. <laughs> like they know things. Yeah, wow. I mean, I I don't even want to add to it because I don't want to ruin it. You can never ruin anything. We're going to be millionaires, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> see, 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 guys. See why everyone loves Jean. So give us your millions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part. Jean Munson is a leader, not an elected official type, but a person who leads with the interests she loves. She loves comics, promotes self-worth, and hams it up on her podcast with friends on Bruja Baddies. Not always loved, sometimes a disappointment to her family, and is on a journey to loving herself fully in a world that cancels itself. Jean Munson, everyone. I'm really happy we recorded in the beginning before we started. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then like we're recording a little bit now as we're like exiting. It's like our intro and our outro. Right. We're real people. We're not like, I'm not a paid actor. She's not on the street. You know, yeah. That, yeah, it's, yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. Let's pay for our booze. <laughs> <laughs> what an episode, right? Again, thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for more All Things Be episodes. Make sure to follow and share. And if you have a song, poem, or instrumental you would like to share on All Things Be, hit me up at talkaboutallthingsbe at gmail.com. <laughs>